You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. On December 22nd, 1985, wide receiver Stephon Page went from being a solid wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs to being the most productive receiver in NFL single-game history when he caught eight passes for 309 yards, an astonishing 38.6 yards per catch. That established an NFL record for receiving yards in a game. Page's catches came on passes from two different quarterbacks, Todd Blackledge and Bill Kenny, who combined for only 13 completions on the day. Page's record was broken four years later by Willie Flipper Anderson of the Rams, who gained 336 yards, but 40 of Anderson's yards came in overtime, and he needed 15 catches to gain those 336 yards. It wasn't until Detroit's Calvin Thompson gained 329 yards on 14 receptions in a game in 2013 that Page's record was broken in regulation. Page had catches in 83 straight games, a team record later broken by Tony Gonzalez. And today we catch up with Stefan Page. Stefan, welcome to Sports Connections. Thank you. Good to be on. Let's start with the, the game that we talked about in 1985. What do you remember most about that game? You know, it's, it's really, it's, the, and I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's like it was like a dream being revealed because the night before I tossed and turned, and I just had that feeling that something big was going to happen. I had that feeling that night before that game. And I can just tell you, man, it, after that, it, it all came together. Yeah. yeah it did, all. did it build slowly? I mean, did you have a couple of catches in each quarter? I mean, only eight catches, and we'll get to that, to that in a second. But did, did it build slowly, or did you have a big first catch and say, hey, this could be a special day? Yeah, I, even that first catch, I, I, I believe that first catch was 54 or whatever it was. It was a big chunk of yardage, and that was only one catch. Yeah. So it was start of, it was the start of something big that was going to happen, but I didn't realize it, but I remember the night before. So I said, yeah. okay, let's let it play out. Let's just keep going. I didn't really expect that it would happen like it did. Yeah. Um, now um, – to do it on just eight catches is absolutely amazing. Were you wide open a lot, or was it a, a, a case of yards after the catch? You know what? I think it was two things. I think, number one, um, if you know coverage, it's, cover one is it's what you call a man. Cover two is called a zone. Right. San Diego, we were playing the Chargers, and San Diego predominantly stayed in that cover two. And what we actually did is I got in certain spots and I was able to slip through. Now, a couple of times I had to, they had a couple of blown, blown coverages, but most of the time I was in the right position. We, we, we hit them where they didn't want us to hit them right in the middle. And they just did, they didn't, if they didn't tackle me before I caught it, I actually ran out and ran through it. So it was, it was actually catching the ball and running after the catch. And, and so you found this, the weak spot or the empty spot in the zone and, and then caught it and then they couldn't catch it. Yes. That's exactly what we did. So, um, and that's where we, when we kept, and pretty much we kept attacking it. They didn't change in the first half. They didn't change anything. Wow. And the crazy, and the crazy thing about it, they came back out in cover two again. And that's what allowed me, because if you remember, if you actually had the stats on that game, I had the Chiefs record at halftime at 260 yards. So at halftime, I had 260 yards and I wasn't done yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
So as an aside, obviously we're both chief fans. Sit, sit up a little bit so we can see that we're that we're twins. We're okay. wearing matching yeah, shirts here. Okay, there we go. Um, there I'm go. obviously still a Chiefs fan, even though I'm a member of the media and I'm when I write about them, I'm unbiased, but I'm still a Chiefs fan. Could you come back to Kansas City and explain to the current Chiefs how to beat a cover two? Because <laughs> that's been their that's been a problem all season long. They finally learned to dink and dunk a little bit, but right. Uh, they still have to figure that one out. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things where you have to – and I'll, I'll tell you, it, it all starts in practice and reading coverages. You, right. you, you got to know, you gotta know when, you, when it's there because when it's there, you got to take advantage of it because teams don't usually open up with that cover two. They'll get out once they once they said they figured it out. Their defensive coordinator said, we're going to have to change things. And I was surprised because they didn't change. And I was like, wow. So Benny's, uh, in, in fact, was Todd, Todd got hurt. If you remember, Todd got hurt. Right. Todd threw a 54 yard touchdown to me. I think in that next, next couple series, Todd threw a 50, whatever way it happened, Bill Kenny came in and he, and he did, he took over where Todd left off, where Todd started. And yeah. Bill came in and it was, it was ready. The water was boiling and Bill came in and started cooking it some more. <laughs> that's a great great way of, of uh <laughs> now did, did i know you said they were in a zone um did you burn one guy or had, all day or were you generous and spread spread the wealth around no you know what's so crazy about it actually it was that one guy but it all comes down to the safe the corner and the safety they got to communicate because yeah. at some point you got the half you know in that cover too and, and then you got to get to your position. Those guys, if you're out of sync, if you don't get there in time, what happened was I got there before they could get there. And if he was a step late, I broke back to the middle and the middle was wide open. I ran right through. Yeah. Were you I, in the in the book that I've talked to you about? Um, I mentioned that you were not necessarily the fastest receiver. You weren't necessarily the biggest receiver. You were fast and you were big. How fast were you? I was a four or five. I was a four. I I I'd probably say my fastest forty was a four five four four five four. Pretty good back in my day. Pretty good. Yeah. You had some guys in the low four fives, no four fours. We we didn't hear about four fours and four twos like we heard about today. You know, today they're they're bigger, stronger, and faster. We were we were we were pretty good size. We were fast in our time. And yeah. we, it evolved. It was happening. So, uh, but I tell you what, I've always had, and 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 we'll go back to it once we talk a little bit about what happened at Fresno State. I'm one of those guys that don't look at the guy on his 40 time because in the game time, he's a four, he's a four, four. He's a, in the game. He yeah. plays that four, four. Yeah. That's how I play the game. Yeah. How, how much fun would it have been as a player to have Tyreek Hill speed? Oh, wow. 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 <laughs> with, with my height, with my height and size, of it, with my height and his speed. Oh, it would have been deadly. It would have yeah. been a deadly come. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can you can only dream about it, right? Oh yeah, it's it, it's all right to dream about it. Yeah. Now yeah. The, the Chiefs weren't that much of a passing team. I know that two years before that, Bill Kenny set the the um, single season passing record that that wasn't passed until uh, Patrick Mahomes did it in 2018. But yeah. at least in that game, only 13 passes. What was it strictly what the defense was giving you and taking advantage of it? Or was there something well, in the I, game plan? I think you. I, I think it goes back to where it all started. The defense played a coverage where why run? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you remember when John Makovic was there, 
he brought that offense in. We were we were really a pass team first, and, and sometimes it didn't go that way, but we threw the ball. We had attempts. It just yeah. so happens on the day, and it's so weird. I looked at the stats, and I'm looking at some of the receivers. You got, I think Carlos Carson caught two balls, and we got Herman Hur caught one ball. It was only so many attempts. I yeah. had eight of the catch, and and, yeah. and it was the and, and and we look at how many yards the quarterbacks had, Bill had, and Todd had. I had the bulk of the yards. They all came to me. So I was like, wow, I've never seen a stat like that where guys yeah. got one catch, one catch, two catch, and another guy he leads it with eight catches. So I, I I'm gonna, I'm just gonna honestly say it just. And, and when I looked at it that night before, I said, God was God was staring something up. He was going to show me something. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I know now. I know now that yeah. God was going to use that to say, this is going to be his coming out party. Now, do you look back and, and in, in a way still say that you have the receiving yards record? Because it's not fair that, that Megatron, Calvin Johnson, got like 15 catches to get it. And Flipper Anderson yeah. got 14. I might have those back to back and you did it you look back and say hey I still have the record I it only took me eight catches you know what I, I you know what I do I I, I really sometimes I look at it and I, I I tell myself I said you know I I it took me less catches to do if I would have had 15 maybe I would have went 450 yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> what if but it was just right the way it was done so I'm happy with it and uh the way the offense are happy ball the Rams were really a passing team, but they had Eric Dickerson. So they, he, right. they had a, a, they had a, they could set up an all of, and up a defense even a little bit better than we could at the time. Um, I don't think we, uh, um, at that time, I don't know if we had, I believe we did. I, I don't know if we had Christian Okoye at the time. I'm not sure we, we did. Yeah, I, I think we I had, think, I think he was like 86 or 87. There you go. There you go. See, then we had, we didn't have yeah. him. So we had Herman Hurd and we had a couple other backs. Yeah. But you know what? And so I think if I look at it and say, well, wow, I, I mean, if you look at that and you go like, this guy must have been something else to only catch eight and do that. But what if he would have got 15? You're yeah. always going to have people mind going. And what if he had an extra quarter like Flipper had? You know, yeah. so all the what ifs. And I say, you know what? Let's put an asterisk by – actually, let's put an asterisk by both of those boxes because, number one, let's look at attempts. And on Flipper's, let's look at – he got even uh, another plus because he had four – he had five quarters. I only yeah. did it in okay. I did it in four, and Calvin did it in four. But the attempt still, you're yeah. saying, what if? Yeah. Now you had a you had a very successful career. Ten years, nine with the Chiefs, one with the Vikings. We'll 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 forgive you for that. At least you didn't go play for the Raiders <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, but so nine year career with the Chiefs. Does it bother you that you're remembered for one game? <sighs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it, it, pretty good, it, pretty it, good me uh, memory or pretty good way to be remembered, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, the, the, uh, I'd want to go back a little bit to your Fresno State career, and as we mentioned before we started recording, I've I've got friends uh, who have been around Fresno State. Um, talk about your career at Fresno State. How good were you, and did you expect to be drafted coming out? You know what's so crazy about it. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of folks actually really know my story, how I got to where I got, especially to Fresno State is where it all started. Um, I came out of high school um, after my senior year. I was pretty much, it was one of those things where I was 
I was more of, it was so much, if you're, if you're looking to uh, go back and do a little background, my, if you look at my high school, Long Beach Poly, and you'll go like, wait, man, you went to Poly? I was a Poly guy. So okay. a Poly guy, you know, you got so much talent and you're going like, okay, may not get a chance to play at receiver on that one, do that position. I was forced to play tight end. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, so, yeah, I was a pretty tough, I was a pretty good block and I could catch. So it kind of gave me an edge. So if I couldn't get into, because it was so deep at that wide receiver spot, we had a couple really good guys. And I said, well, I got to be on the field with those guys somehow. This was my uh, senior year. So I managed to become the, and, and the, the number one tight end. I said, okay, great. I'm on the field with those guys. So I got to get some love somewhere in there. They, they got to use the tight end sometime. So make a long story short, um, I ended up uh, um, uh, getting that confidence that I needed. Now I didn't feel like I was ready. I, I didn't feel like I was, I was ready to go to a, uh, a major university. And I wanted to make sure I was ready um, mentally um, and spiritually and, and physically, I wasn't ready. So what I did is I took the JUCO route, junior college route. I went okay. to Saddleback College. It was I did my research, and this team was one of the one number one junior college uh, um, colleges in the nation. I mean, these guys were like top notch. So I said, okay, you know, went in, and I did my work there for a couple of years, and then you know what? I got that confidence that I needed. I got the skills that I needed, but I went back to where I was going to be at at receiver. I learned how to be a receiver. And I tell you what, when I got there, when I came out of there, um, I had multiple teams offering scholarships to me. And for some reason, I guess I had my family in mind. You know, I'm, I'm from Long Beach. And I, and I took a trip. I went to University of Minnesota. I went to uh, Boise. I went, I had, uh, I had uh, uh, trips to uh, a, a few different schools. And I decided when I took a trip up to Fresno, something was about Fresno. That it was something that I don't know what it was. God was telling me this may be your place. But at the same time, I, my family was in Long Beach. I said, you know what? If I go here, they can see me every week on every home going. If I end up going way out somewhere, possibly they may see me once or twice a year. I said, I got to have my family here. Mm-hmm. And I think it was origin just about me. I I, uh, I put my family. The decision was about my family being here. And what and, and it was stressful the place. Absolutely. So I made my mind up. Um, and I decided to go to Fresno State, and that's where it all started. And, and I tell you what, it was the best decision that I made, um, not just because uh, when I when I chose to come to Fresno State on that scholarship, I think God had a special something in there for me because that's where I went, met my wife of, uh, of 39 years. So it, it all worked out. It all worked out. It was Jim Sweeney your coach? He was, yeah. Okay. I, I entered I, – did a podcast earlier this year with a, a fellow former chief who played for Jim Sweeney, uh, Jan Stenerud at Montana State played for Jim Sweeney. Did he tell you he, he is godson? Did he tell you that? Uh-uh. Yeah, he, he's Coach Sweeney's godson. Coach Sweeney used to talk about him all the time. You okay. know, Jan's godson. And I saw Jan in Kansas City. Jan said, you know, Coach Sweeney's my godfather. I said, okay, I guess he's <laughs> I heard this one before. Now he yeah. confirmed yeah. <laughs> Okay, so talk about your two years at, at Fresno and, and, you know, how successful were you and did you feel like you would get drafted in the NFL? But you know what? Okay, I'm going to tell you. When I got to Fresno State, you remember what I told you about when I said I went to Poly and I said I need to go to that junior college to get my, to get my confidence, to get, just to build that up. Yeah. I, by the time I, when I did come to Fresno State, I remember spring ball coming in and my receiver coach was named was John Anabel. And he was the guy that uh, – 
that uh, he was actually the main guy that was recruiting on the recruiting trips. He came down, talked to my mom and dad, and he talked to us about Fresno State's the place for him. And we, we, we see him being a guy, one of the guys. And we got another good guy over there. And you'll probably remember the name of Henry Eller. So he was there. Mm-hmm. He was their number one go-to guy. So they, they needed number, another guy to, uh, to uh, help compliment this guy. So I get there, and, and by the time I get in, it's spring ball. So we go to spring ball. We start spring practice. So I tell you, 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 you your accents speak louder than words. And, and I know they probably talked about this guy we got coming in from Saddleback, some of the other guys that's been there, they're juniors and seniors, and going like, well, you know, hey, don't worry about that guy. I got out there, man, I just began to just shine from day one when I hit the field. They, they you know, folks was like, well, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Oh, yeah, I'm that recruit from Saddleback. I'm that guy from Saddleback College. And I'm shaking the guys. And then some of the, some of the juniors see us like, this, we better watch out. This guy could be the guy that bump us out. We may not get any playing time. And I tell you what, um, it was so it was so good. I tell you, hard work pays off, but you got to do more because they're going to talk. But you got to you got to walk the walk when you get there. And yeah. I went to the field that first one on one drill. I remember, man, the guys they could not touch me. The defensive backs, the seniors, the seniors and juniors that was already there, that was there from four, been there for the last four, three to four years, they couldn't put a hand on me. So I guess they moved me a couple times and put me in different things and different situations. I, to make a long story short. Um, I end up being the complimentary guy to Eller, and some of the and some of the juniors and seniors. Once in a while, they'd come in, but they'd be the third receivers. So I'm gonna tell you what it it uh, it, it all worked out. It yeah. all worked out just like it was supposed to. Yeah. So were you surprised that you didn't get drafted? Do you know what every and, and and when I look at it, if you go back to it, my senior year. We uh we won the uh we won our conference and we had a bowl game called the California Bowl. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. We were in Cal Bowl too. We played against the University of Bowling Green. They came in, and I'm gonna share this with you. This is one of the greatest stories I could tell you. You know, it'll kind of sum up, um, and that's it's kind of crazy. This it will sum up my coming out party, why they should say they could should consider this kid now as at least a draft prospect. Um so we're uh, we're playing Bowling Green, and 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 I've never seen anything like that. We were down, we were down four, we were down four touchdowns. And I mean, I tell you what, we we were down, and, and got to the first half. We came back in that second half, and uh, we got some points uh, in that first half. But we came back in that second half, and we we came back and won that football game. We had people that they were leaving the stadium. They said it's over. We came back from down two touchdowns in that second half. We came back and won that game, but I'm gonna tell you what. Um, here's a, here's that part. I talk about my coming out party. I caught I caught a, I believe I caught 15 to 18 passes. They still can't confirm which one it was. I caught I got I had three touchdowns and 280 yards. So basically, I, now the name Jeff Taffer may sound. I don't know if you remember him, Cows. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Taffer was my quarterback. At now we talk about junior college transfer. Jeff and I came in the same time. We were we both came in at the same time from junior colleges. He went to Cerritos College, which had a pretty good program. Everybody knew about Saddleback College. I came in from Saddleback College. Whoever would have thought that that combination would come together like that? Now here's the thing. I mean, you remember I talked about Henry Eller. Henry Eller was a draft prospect. He was the guy. He was the guy. Right. You say the scouts are coming in to see Henry. It's, 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 it's so funny how God can use things and he, well, he can put Henry in a position and he said, don't worry about, about you because 
they're going to come see Henry and they're not going to be able to pass you because they're going to see you flashing on the screen. And who is this guy? And that's what happened. So that's, so now I said, okay. So after that thing, I said, well, truly after having a game like that, that they saw this guy, they saw me, there was no other guys. I mean, they saw I can catch, I can run after the catch. I did everything I was supposed to do as far as, as my ability. But, right. um, but it wasn't good enough for them, maybe. So we get to draft day, and you know how that go. We had we had a tra- tra- we had a gazillion rounds in that in those years. Remember, we right, go sixty right. round. You'd be there for five weeks, and they uh, <laughs> wasn't called. So you know, yeah, I got a little, I got a little, I got a little disappointed because I felt like I was good enough. I felt like I would, but then again, I knew God had a different plan and purpose that He was working the way He wanted to do it with me. Just like it happened at Saddleback, just like it happened when I went to Fresno State. So it was like, okay, I was like, I'm just going to have to. My mom, my mom used to always tell me, she said, what God has for you that nobody can take from you. I remember that to, clearly in my mind. And truly, I, I let that set in and I began to be all right with it. So after that, I didn't, I didn't get drafted. Final said after the last player, least picked me last. I mean, I feel like I got drafted. You know, last guy, at least he get a little bump. And uh, it didn't happen. So, but it just, it know it did. It, it made me, it made me number one, I, it, that humility. I mean, it's nothing like it. that humility to make me better. I thought it was weird to say, but because of that humility, I went and I worked harder than I ever worked. But you know what? I tell you what, after that happened, you, it's right after the draft ended, my phone was ringing off the hook as a free agent. We want, we want to, we want to, we want to sign you as a free agent. What do you think? The Raiders called, the Packers called, I mean, the Chiefs called, I mean, they were calling and now they want now. Okay. So now I got to make a decision. Okay. Um, what do you, what do you do? Do you, do you humble yourself and, 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 and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you decide, you know what, I'm going to take a chance to be a free agent or do you be bitter and say, no, nah, I don't want nothing to do with you. I said, you know what? I'm going to humble myself. And I, and, and I, it came down to two teams, the Chiefs and the Raiders. And uh, make a long story short, I've always loved the Chiefs, and I've always loved Otis Taylor and Len Dawson. And, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be a Chief. And I remember calling, um, what was his name? Was it Len? I can't remember his last name, but I called Len. Yes. And I said, uh, I said I'm going to be a Chief. So he said, I'm going to send a contract. And he said, we're going to get it done and we'll get you in from minicamp. We want to get you in and get it going. And, and I tell you what, and I said, with that humility that I, what I was telling you about earlier, I never seen myself work. I just couldn't imagine that I could work harder than I ever worked because I wanted not just to prove to somebody else. I want to prove to myself that, you know what, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. And when I, and I'm going to share this with you. And I told you when I came in from Saddleback to Fresno State, when I hit the field, when I got to Kansas City in minicamp, who is this guy? I don't know if you remember Gary Green. Remember he was a cornerback. Yeah, yeah. Gary, Gary Green said, well, who, well, what round they get you? Well, what round did they get you in? And, 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 you know, the year before, I don't know if you remember, in 82, I was an 83. I came in 83 my rookie. You remember in 82, Tennessee had those fast receivers. They had a receiver named Anthony Hancock. He was mm-hmm. Kansas City's number one. And I'll tell you what, yeah. I got up there and I began to work and I began to work. I shut my mouth, I put my head down, and I walked in humility and I worked. I didn't say a word. I was I was silent, but I was deadly. I worked and God took care of that. 
God took care of that. I I gotta ask you, I mean, you, I know you were born in Louisiana, grew up in, in Long Beach and in, in, you know, Southern California. How did you become a Chiefs fan? Because I've always loved the Chiefs. I've always loved the Chiefs because I was watching the game and I remember watching um, Lynn Dawson and, and, and watching Otis Taylor. And then it was so crazy. I remember one of my pop, my last pop Warner team that I played on, it was called, they were called the Paramount Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it, it was, it was, that's what, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. That's well, what it was. Lynn Dawson's on my Mount Rushmore of favorite athletes um, with, with Hank Aaron as number one. Wow. Jim Ryan and wow. Lynn Dawson and another Southern California guy, Mike Sweeney. Um, oh, yeah. Baseball player with the Royals. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Dawson and Taylor, I, I'm just a, little, a couple of years older than you. And I grew up in the 60s. And it's kind of funny. I, I've shared this with a few people. And uh, being in the in the Bay Area now, or, not, or just outside the Bay, Bay Area, Central California now, yeah, uh, you, you can appreciate this. Growing up, my parents told my brother and me that hate is not a value that is allowed in this house. You know, it's not a Christian value. We are not allowed to hate. Except the Raiders. Yes. We can hate the Raiders. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I remember, you know, I remember sitting in church uh, the Sunday morning for Super Bowl one and the pastor who was not a football fan saying, uh, I understand I have to keep the sermon short today because the AFL is playing the CIO. Oh. <laughs> I tapped my mom and I said on the arm, I said, uh, we're playing the NFL. And she said, I said, should I go correct him? He said, no, he knows. <laughs> He's just trying to be funny, but mom, that's right. so that's, yeah. you know, I grew up around sports and I grew up my first, my first love was the chiefs. I remember them yes. coming to Kansas city in 63. So wow. um, now you've stayed other than your playing career, you've stayed in the Valley, the central Valley uh, yes. after your career. Um, yeah. What kept you in Fresno? You know, number one, I just, uh, and, and we could have lived, we could have stayed anywhere else, but I, I just believe God had me there. It's something I was working with the youth. I was, uh, um, we got into actually, my wife and I were actually the youth pastors. We ended up being youth pastors in Sacramento. We ended up coming back. Okay. And just, and then I, I worked with the kids camps and I was just, it was, I, I it was just, I know what my purpose was. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and it was, it was about, um, uh, um, Speaking to the youth, um, encouraging the youth, um, just making sure that 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 my presence was felt. That I wouldn't just come in here. Just I didn't want to just come in here and just live. And I also, you know, I had a business, but I did that thing. But uh, my main purpose was to to change lives. You know, yeah. that's why I, that's why I was here. So this became my home, and 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 like I said, it, it, it's called ownership. You know, and I felt like I had some ownership here in Fresno. So I want to make sure that I. I, I knew exactly what that call that was going to be as far as the commitment and, and, and the sacrifice that had to be made. So, yeah. So that's what I, that's why the reason why I came back, that's the reason we're still here yeah. and uh, nothing's Yeah. So now I'm working with, uh, I'm actually working, still working with some of the young kids. Uh, uh, I use my, my, uh, my camps and my trainings that I do with the kids. I train receivers and quarterbacks and whatnot, but I use that as that's just a, that's a, that's that's my tool to use that to, to share the gospel with them. So yeah, that's why I'm here. Okay, my our, our mutual friend Joe Broussard uh, suggested that I ask you two questions. One was about your impact in the Fresno community, which we just talked about, 
Two, being a lifelong Raiders fan, and I've been giving him a lot of grief lately. Uh, he's he said, <laughs> ask him about uh, to ask you about uh, championing the Chiefs in the middle of Raiders country and in the middle of 49ers country. So you, you're oh. a proud chief, aren't you? Oh, it's tough, but you know what? I, I got, I'll tell you what, I, I don't care. I stand through that thing. I don't care what they'd say. Hey, because they, we don't get any pub out here, but I tell yeah. you what, all I do, I, when I tell you about that, I tell you, when you eat a, when you eat a piece of that humble pie, you don't worry about it. Okay. You're able to go through it. But I tell you what, after that 41 to 14 whipping we put on them, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was humble because I told you. And I said, I said, you know, three weeks ago they were on the top and we were looking up. I said, it's something now that they're on the bottom looking up. So yeah. you got, so you got a chance now. You, you don't, you don't mess with them. You just put your, I put my, I put my t-shirt on. I put my hat on. I put my jacket on. And I can keep it moving. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, Stefan, yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate the time. I always try and wrap up with two things. The first is give my guests an opportunity. Talk about your family. You know what? I, I can, I, gosh, wow. This, this, this is, this is, this is good. You know, I, I, I'm so blessed that, you know, I, I've had, I got a wife of one. I got my wife that I met at Fresno State. I, I still have her. She is such a support. She's been such a blessing. She's a, uh, she's uh she's helped me i became a better man because of her the reason i got through through football and after football is because of her and the lord um she is she is just everything that a man could ask for and she's my biggest cheerleader she's always been i I remember coming home and we had some bad years in kansas city but i remember her telling me it's going to get better rubbing me and telling me it's going to be all right and don't quit and keep going and uh, I tell you what, what a blessing she is. But she's blessed me with three beautiful kids. My my son, Stefan, the second, and Aon, and my daughter, Breon. I can ask for just, just some beautiful kids that love the Lord, um, that that just want to honor their heavenly father and their earthly father. Um, they they're, couldn't ask any better for that. So I just want to say when it comes down to it, when they say, what's your greatest thing? Somebody will ask me. And and, and folks think I'm going to say it, it was about the football, but I said my greatest thing and my greatest legacy I could is be the best husband and be the best father that, that I could ever be, that God created me to be. And that's my legacy. And that's that's the greatest thing that I can say that comes out of all this stuff. All right. Yes. Well, you just you just answered my last question. I always wrap up <laughs> with what's your legacy. So thank you for doing that. I will, I will share with you another fellow uh, former chief, uh, gave me the best answer. I've done about 125 of these this year. And Bobby Bell, when I asked him the question, he said, I want to live my life so the preacher don't have to lie at my funeral. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm going to use that one. That's a good yeah, one. For that's sure. Good one. Well, good Stefan, one. I, I appreciate your time joining us and, and good to catch up with you. And uh, yes, you, have, you have a great fall, fall and Christmas season. All right, my brother, you be blessed. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.